At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Introduction in a second, but as you know, we do a live uh, recording of the podcast um, every year at dead of winter, um, and we will try to incorporate any of your questions if you have them. Um, I think we figured all that out yesterday, how we were going to do that. I yeah. don't know, but we'll figure it out. But yeah. anyway, uh, so we'll get started with that, and then that will leave time for the real speakers that are coming up later. <laughs> All right. Now I just get to sit here awkwardly. Yeah, just for a few minutes. So, so what what I tried to do, um, you know, this one is always out of and, and have you guys have been listening to the new season of the podcast? Okay, so uh, this has nothing to do with the season. Just so you're aware, um, we always do one that is outside of the season, but um, I wanted to kind of keep it incorporating with our theme. You probably have noticed that for Dead of Winter and for the conference that all of our speakers. It, except for me, uh, Owen, Luke, and Lynn, but they don't count. Um, all of our speakers and presenters are women this year. Um, so that's, we decided that for the conference and Dead of Winter, that that's what we wanted to use as our theme, Women in the Supernatural. So um, I decided to do a story for this uh, that is uh, about a woman. So uh, I hope you enjoy this one. So are you ready? Recording? Yeah. Can you okay. guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> oh, wait. <laughs> How's it fucking feel? Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, look. And so, for those of you listening at home, next week, we have slides. Woo. Okay. So, America is a place filled with mysteries. Among them are the mysterious figures largely known simply as a lady in black. Stories of such spectral creatures have been with us for nearly two centuries, appearing in towns across the country as an unnerving, often menacing being that usually seems to have a message to deliver to the living, a warning that something terrible is about to happen. The Banshee was the feminine death omen spirit of Ireland and Scotland and manifested to warn of an approaching death in the family to which it was attached. Our American banshees are not so formal and have little use for individual families. Their appearances are much more random, often wreaking havoc in a town or a place for a short time or are connected to a place where tragedy often occurs. In the 1890s, there were frequent reports of a lady in black appearing near a particularly lethal railroad crossing. In the mining community of Carbondale, Pennsylvania, a lady in black appeared on several occasions spanning decades, predicting coal mine disasters and even an epidemic, and the list goes on. But the Olin lady in black is a homegrown story from right here in Alton, Illinois. 
She's been part of the region's lore for decades. It's a story that many don't take seriously, but for many years, workers at the Black Powder Manufacturing Company outside of town took it very seriously. So seriously that many of the workers vowed to shoot the woman on sight if they ever spotted her. Her first appearance came in 1917, just before an explosion occurred at the factory. But her origin may date to an incident that occurred about five years before. But regardless of where she came from, it was said that disaster would soon follow whenever she appeared outside the plant, walking along Powder Mill Road. For as long as the story has been around, people have been asking if it's true. Well, is it? I'll present the evidence, you can decide for yourself. And then there would be music here. Could you hum something for me? Just hum? No. Okay. <laughs> if you don't know this already, you're about to listen to a special Dead of Winter episode of American Hauntings, the podcast dedicated to the history, hauntings, legends, lore, and the dark side of America's history. Each episode is hosted and produced it by... Produced it. Produced it. <laughs> Each Hey everybody, this is Cody, a few days after the Dead of Winter conference. So, I unplugged something on my computer and it turned everything off. All the recording equipment, everything. So, there's like, I don't know, 30 seconds or something missing uh, right here where the spot would be. It, it's mostly Troy talking, so like it's not that important, but just want to give people like a heads up, a little context. I apologize, blah, blah, blah. Uh, thanks for listening. We're going to jump back in. On it now. <laughs> Apparently, we don't. But Oh, and then the next line is, of course, as soon as I say that, something will go wrong. Um, but that's the chance you take with two guys who are known for a whole lot of things, podcasting not being one of them. So thanks to Cody for hooking it up. Thanks to Charlie Brockus, who we'll just blame this on, for sound equipment. And thanks to our Patreon supporters, who have helped us upgrade our gear to be able to do this now. Thanks, guys. Um, and thanks to all of you who have given us such great reviews over the last couple of years. Oh, man. And have been so supportive of all we do. We appreciate it more than you know. We hope that you'll be excited as we, as we will be. Okay, this is awkward. We have appreciate it more than you know, and we hope that you'll be as excited as we will be as the show continues for a very long time to come. Uh, to those of you who are sitting here very confused about who we are and what we're doing, join the club, because we don't know either. But the show is called American Hauntings, and if you check wherever you listen to podcasts and look for this logo on the screen, you will find us. We've done 122 episodes, so you can waste all kinds of time with us if you're supposed to be doing something else. But for now, here's today's show. The equitable, are we good now? Are we good? Okay. Yeah, sure. The Equitable Powder Manufacturing Company was started in East Alton, Illinois in 1892. Its founder, Franklin W. Olin, started the company to provide black powder for blasting in the coal mines of Southern Illinois. Eventually, the Olin Corporation would become one of the country's greatest producers of sporting guns and ammunition when it expanded as the Western Cartridge Company. It's still in operation today, and it's still in the same location as the original factory, on Powder Mill Road, a road that became part of the legend of the Lady in Black. 
She was first seen in March 1917. America was still embroiled in World War I, and there was little time for ghost stories for the workers at the powder factory. Even so, people listened when tales began to be told about a sinister-looking woman in a black dress and veil who was seen walking along Powder Mill Road. Those who saw her described her as completely clothed in black, from her black dress to her hat to the waist-length veil that hid her face. Sightings usually occurred after dark when the night shift was reporting to the plant, but some claimed to see her in the daytime, too. A few tried to approach her, but she promptly vanished when they did. Others said they saw her dart out into the road, caught in the headlights of their automobiles, but she vanished when the vehicles came too close. No one knew who she was, but even the skeptical admitted the story was a harmless distraction from the work on the assembly line. And then there was the explosion. No one put the accident and the sightings of the woman in black together, not at first, but it would later be said that the timing was unnerving. On March 8, 1917, Ross Havisberg, age 21, was killed when a half million primers exploded. The building he was in was completely destroyed. Ross was working alone at the time, so no one else was hurt, but the young man, of course, was not so lucky. The explosion tore him to pieces. Thousands of the little caps from the primers ripped into his body. It was so mutilated that employees who ran to the scene were not allowed to see his corpse. In February 1919, word spread that the woman in black had been seen again on Powder Mill Road. Several plant employees claimed she'd been seen walking along the side of the road at night. One even claimed that when she turned to look at him when he passed her in his car, that her eyes were shining, even though the rest of her face was obscured by the veil. On February 26th, a man named Tom Collins was severely burned by an explosion at the plant. His clothing caught fire, and before the flames could be put out, his arms, legs, and face were severely burned. He died at the hospital a few days later. Well, it didn't take much for some of the more superstitious workers at the factory to connect the sightings of the woman in black and the two accidents that occurred soon after she'd been seen. Rumors quickly spread, and the woman's legend began to grow. More and more people claimed they'd seen her between the two accidents, and they embellished the stories by saying that she'd spoken to them, warning them of danger. Well, what was true and what was fiction is impossible to say, but nearly everyone had some theory about who she was and why she appeared along Powder Mill Road. Some claimed she was merely a banshee or a death omen, but the more popular theory was that she was a ghost, bringing with her a warning from the spirit world. Others said she was a living person with uncanny powers, perhaps the widow of someone else who had died at the plant, perhaps in its early days, or... Could she have been both of those things? Back on October 14, 1912, long before the sightings of the woman in black began, a young man named Theodore Wilkening died from injuries he sustained in an explosion at the plant. He was working in the Western Cartridge Works at a machine that loaded shells. Above him was the hopper, into which the proper mixture of powder for the shells was placed. Ted released the powder mixture by pulling on a cord, and it ran down a pipe to the shells. It was something he did hundreds of times each day without anything out of the ordinary happening until, well, that day. An explosion occurred, and as he, as he reached up and pulled the cord to load the next shells, Ted was burned by the hundred pounds of powder in the hopper that had detonated, but the burns 
are what killed him. The heavy door that was supposed to protect the machine operator flew off. Ted tried to turn and shield himself and the door struck him in the right side, breaking a rib. The bone then pierced his right lung, which caused his death. The 12 other men in the room with him were seriously shaken up by the explosion, but were injured. Only Ted was killed. According to the newspaper, the explosion was felt in nearby East Alton, rattling dishes and shaking windows, but that was nothing compared to the pain suffered by Ted's wife, who was paralyzed by grief by her young husband's death. A short time later, she also died, unable to eat or sleep in the wake of the accident, or so the story goes. Many came to believe that the woman in black was Ted's wife, still in her morning dress, trying to warn others of impending death at the factory. Well, the woman in black returned that summer, and then on July 21st, 1922, another fatal explosion occurred, taking the life of Edward Owens, who had only arrived at work a few minutes before the accident. He worked in the plant's corning mill, a wooden structure covered with sheet iron. It housed machinery needed for one of the last steps in the powder-making process. His job was to feed large cakes of powder into the mill for them to be ground up. Edward worked alone, which was common. It was such a dangerous job that only one man worked the shift at a time. He was highly skilled, however. He'd moved to Alton from Kentucky, where he had done the same job at a powder mill there, and had left a wife and six children behind with family in Kentucky. The cause of the blast was unknown, but it detonated about a ton and a half of gunpowder, destroying the mill building and the machinery inside. It was felt throughout Alton and witnesses were startled to see a massive umbrella-shaped cloud of smoke rise and then hang above the powder works. Well, the woman in black returned the following June. The sightings went on for about two weeks. Then another deadly accident occurred at the Western Cartridge Company, this time taking the lives of more than a dozen people, including seven women, on July 10th, 1923. The explosion occurred that day inside of one of six machines used for taking apart cartridges salvaged from the U.S. Army after the war ended. Nearly 50 men and women worked at the machines feeding in the cartridges. The machines removed the bullets, emptied the powder, removed the caps, and reclaimed every part of the shell, separating them to go to different parts of the factory. Powder was scattered everywhere, but special precautions had been taken to guard against accidents. But, well, those precautions were not quite good enough. Suddenly there was a flash of one of the powder cans and fire sparked from the machine. There was a loud blast and flying metal pieces went in every direction. Everyone around the machines was injured somehow, but five of the workers, William Brunner, Anna Gorman, Frank Bennis, Howard Hunter, and Hazel Young were instantly killed. About 18 others were severely injured and seven more died at the hospital before the day was over. The explosion broke every window in the room, but the resulting fire did little damage to the brick and metal structure. If only those inside had fared so well. The skulls of several of the dead had been crushed like tissue paper from flying metal and wood. Bones were broken, limbs severed, and ghastly wounds inflicted on their bodies. Ambulances and firefighters raced to the scene, and survivors were taken to nearby hospitals. A few who escaped with minor injuries were treated at the scene. When news of the explosion spread, a crowd gathered at the factory gates, made up mainly of the family members and friends of those killed or hurt. As word was brought out about some injured worker or a dead 
body, the atmosphere grew tense until that person's identity was learned. Some member of the group was sure to collapse when the news arrived. Women with their faces buried and their hands sobbing were led away by kind friends. Mothers and families anxiously waited for information about a son or a husband and would break down and sob in relief upon hearing he was safe. Ambulances came clanging to the gate from the factory, and as each of them came out, the crowd surged forward to see who was inside. Many fought their way to the front of the group to be rewarded with happiness or heartbreak. But all the while, there were little groups that whispered among themselves. They murmured about both the living and the dead, but some whispered of someone else, the woman in black. A year later, when gossip spread that the woman in black was being seen again, only a year after the terrible explosion of 1923, many were angrier than they were afraid. Some of them went as far as to say that if they saw the woman on Powder Mill Road, she would be shot on sight. She was no longer regarded as a benevolent spirit offering a warning, but as a bad luck omen of doom. But that didn't prevent the sightings from taking place. In late June and early July 1924, the woman was back, and another disaster seemed inevitable. Despite the care taken to prevent that accident from happening, and, well, one happened anyway, exactly one year to the day of the 1923 explosion. On July 10th, Leslie Cunningham was severely injured in a blast that ripped apart the building where he was working. He was rushed to the hospital but never regained consciousness. He died the following day. The woman in black, it was said, had predicted disaster once again, and she was not quite finished. As far as I can discover, the woman appeared only one more time on... Oh, <laughs> shit. Well, so much for the slides. Um, as, as far as I can discover, the woman appeared one more time on Powder Mill Road in the winter of 1929. On February 19th, Roy Fallon was killed in an explosion at the plant. He was working alone at the time, and because of that, the cause of the accident will never be known. Officials believe he may have dropped a rubber cup containing a priming mixture, or he stumbled and fell, causing the mixture to explode. Since he was outside when it happened, no one else was hurt but it turned out to be fatal for Roy. The force of the blast fractured his legs, lacerated his hip, and tore off one hand. He died in the hospital six hours later, likely from shock. The woman in black was never seen again after Roy's death. It wasn't as though she'd caused it, if we decide she was real, but she had predicted it, just as she had so many others. Why did her appearances stop after that? Well, no one knows. Perhaps she'd simply served her time, or possibly improving safety standards in the industry just didn't make her warnings as vital as they had once been. After 1929, the woman in black left Powder Mill Road, but even after all these years, she's never been forgotten. She's managed to firmly place herself within the legends and lore of one of the most haunted small towns in America. Dun dun. That's how I let Cody know that the story's over. So. This has been a disaster. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And thank you so much, everybody, for coming out. Um, and if you're listening to this, you're hearing the live version. There's going to be about 30 seconds missing because I, un I unplugged the power and everything went to hell. Oh, so that's why this turned off. No. Oh. Okay. <laughs>
that is a separate fuck up. But hey, thanks for returning for more episodes of the American Hauntings podcast where we discuss history, hauntings, legends, lore, the dark side of American history. This is the annual Dead of Winter episode, the one good thing I do every year, <laughs> recorded live in Alton, Illinois on February 11, 2023. I'm your co-host, Cody Beck, and with me is my co-host, author, historian, crime buff, and the founder of American Hauntings, Mr. Troy Taylor. <laughs> so you've already heard from so. Dude. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, that's okay. Hey, it could have been worse, believe me. But, you know, what's funny is that I got through this with, like, only, like, one mistake. Oh, I, if I wish I could do all of them that way. The other... <laughs> Must be the pressure. The other day... Maybe I should do them all, like, live somewhere. The, I don't know. His monologue cut down the other day. was, like, maybe an hour. The recording he sent me was, like, three hours long. <laughs> and I don't know what happened. I could get him canceled for some of the curse words. Oh, man. Was I, like... I was having a bad day, and I don't know why. I was super excited for the episode. Does that one already come out? Yeah. That yeah. was our last episode. I was super excited for that episode and man I could not get through it I don't know why I mean there were like simple things yeah. I mean, there was a lot of like sailor talk in that one so it was like I didn't know what I was talking about half the time we're gonna hoist the jib sail and I'm like I don't know what that means but I mean, you, you know you um, wrote so, it I know but I still didn't know what it meant um, I'm not on the ship so this is also different for us because I think even when Troy and I like are riding in a car together we are not this close no, that is true and I don't know how I feel table. about it it's a small table yes so, Troy yeah. you were recently on a podcast oh man okay <laughs> all right it's a film you were in back yeah. in the day that I watched yeah. last night called the St. Francisville <laughs> Experiment. Yes. Did you know your IMDb page has you listed as a ghost historian? I know. Yeah. That's ama yeah. amazing. Know. And then I played myself, not yes. with myself, just myself. Okay, so, so we, we play this game so. a lot whenever we do uh, like movie reviews and things like that. Can you guess the tagline of this movie? Uh, well, it used to be the Blair Witch except for real. But I think they changed that, so. It was This Ain't No Walk in the Woods. Oh, oh, okay, that's pretty good. Actually, that's not bad. I actually. That's, that's actually pretty good. I actually enjoyed the movie. It's terrible. I'm not, it is terrible, but I enjoyed it. Okay, so here's, I, if you guys want, if you guys are familiar with that, and you know I've been embarrassed about it for like 22 years since really it funny. came out. Um, we actually did a podcast where we reunited all the cast. And so we did a podcast together, and it's out now. Yeah, it's uh, I posted about it on my Facebook page, but it's a it's a podcast called Fright Fights, mm -hmm. and uh, you could listen to it. And if you've seen the St. Francisville experiment, it's a we really had a good time. I liked it. Tearing I'm not, up I'm the, not being tearing up the I movie. It. We had a lot of fun with it, um, and so it's very behind the scenes things that we'd never talked about uh -huh. before. And some of the people that were in the movie that were in the house for 20 some years actually thought that it was all real still after all this time some of it some of the things that sure. happened they knew not all of it was obviously but yeah, well you you posting about it last night uh was a mistake because then i was like i gotta watch this <laughs> yeah and so i really really enjoyed this movie I want to tell you some it's things terrible. that people who didn't enjoy this movie said. Oh, yeah, good. Uh, well, they, these might be all my reviews they said, now that you say that. So. Said not even bad in a good way. My home video of my first birthday was better than this. <laughs> this movie sucks so hard that initially words just escaped me. Oh, that was me. No so, shit. No. Uh, the only life lost is yours if you watch this movie. Yeah. I thought I thought it 
it was fun. It I'm is not really kidding. geared toward the, as Madison kept saying in the reunion thing, it is geared toward the 12 to 15 year old. So, <laughs> so that's it's, why I uh, like it. Yeah, that's probably why you liked it. No, I, so. I really enjoyed it. And honestly, like the, no spoilers, but like the last 10 minutes I were scary as hell. I liked it. Should we put something on Well, there? we're trying. Bree is messing with oh, it now. Oh, okay. I don't know. It, it just, there's no signal from the HDMI. It says, I don't know what happened. It just, the computer is working for a change. So, yeah, we um, we had a dinner. I don't know if there was anybody that was here for that. We had a dinner Something's a couple happened. weeks ago. Okay, we'll put it back on the slideshow though. So, anyway, um, and the the uh, the computer decided to restart and and update right before we started. It took a half an hour out of the dinner while we waited for it. So, anyway, oh yes, I do. There we go. Beautiful. Okay. All right. So we should probably talk about this episode. Not St. Francisville experiment. I made that. Okay. It's good. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Work so of the, art. <laughs> the Olin Lady in Black. Uh, Franklin W. Olin starts a manufacturing company in East Alton in 1892. Lady in Black's first scene, March 1917, walking or along Powder Mill Road. Uh, you said describe her as completely clothed in black from headdress to their hat, the waist-length veil that hit her face. Just sounds like every you know, everyone just ever heard this. Dated. So okay, this Go is ahead. how we always do this. I know. Anyway, she has my attention. Awkward. This is awkward. Okay. Even when I hug right. him, we're not this close yeah, somehow. That is I don't true. know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, okay, I've stumbled around every street in this entire town. How do we know this wasn't just somebody like out after a bender well, it was or something? 1917. So <laughs> they didn't party yeah, back then. Uh, well, I'm sure they did, but it, I don't think it was quite the same. Okay. Well, because I'm sure she was like lurking spookily, you know, like this. See. <laughs> I'm, and so if I'm she's lurking, if she's lurking, then so it's the but there's no it's reason. The well, part. at the at the time, Powder Mill Road was way outside of town. I don't know these things. Okay, I, well, I just you grew, grew up, up here. Not so. in 1917. Well, I know, but you should know Jeez. that it was outside of town. So, so no one no one minds the distraction uh, initially, but then there's an explosion. So here's my thing. Like, we keep talking about all these different explosions and accidents that happen. Um, well, I have two kind of points well, here. First, it was a terrible place to work, is my guess. Yeah, I, I, there I, were no unions. At so, what point you know, do you just, like... There were probably children working at there what point in you 1917. Just if I can't open a jar after, like, three minutes, I just throw it away. Like... <laughs> Well, Imagine know, your place blowing up four or five times. Well, I know, but it, it happened all the time. Yeah, no, what the hell? All of them, not just here. Oh, all, oh, oh, all, powder, so this, powder okay. plants were not good places to work. It's like a powder so, keg, got it. Yeah, exactly. Like lighting a match in a firework factory. Same kind of thing, except uh -huh. it was all gunpowder instead. Uh, There's one guy that died. Sorry, I don't mean to make fun of the deceased, but Tom Collins. Is this not who the, the drink's guy, named after? No, actually, that's in St. Louis. Really? Yeah. We'll just ruin yeah. my joke. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so okay. So people start. People start seeing this woman. Different Tom Collins. Different Tom Collins. Yeah. People start. Although you know he could have been because it was named after a customer at a hotel in St. Louis. Maybe this was the guy. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe this is the Tom Collins. I'm gonna say that it is. And okay. history well, let's can just figure go it out. With it. Yeah. So something I was wondering about, like, so this is nobody can Google it or anything. Seeing so. her, uh, seeing her is supposed to be a bad omen, right? Yes. And I'm wondering. So say you see this woman, were you supposed to just like quit your job? Like, well, what, no. What are you gonna do? And you spread the word that you saw her on the road, and then everybody was supposed to be careful. But, you know, <laughs> they didn't. Sparks fly. 
you know. Okay. All right. Or Leave whatever. the jokes to I me. I mean, I like the I like the fact that like this one guy, it's so dangerous only one guy works in an entire building by himself. <laughs> I would not want this job. I mean, the pay could not be that good. That's all I'm saying. No, you got to yeah. do I guess you got to do what you got to do to yeah. pay the I mean, bills. you know, or a guy who's like pulling a cord that dumps powder down a pipe. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. I, this just seems bad. And the door is so heavy that it's supposed to protect you yeah. and it kills you instead. You know, so, Alanis no, Morissette said it best. Isn't it ironic? Isn't it ironic? Uh, so my, actually, those are just bummers, and so is that. It's not actually <laughs> irony. So Okay, all yeah. right. My this, favorite, I'm just helping you out. I, it's something that's supposed to protect you, like kills you. I like the guy that left the wife and six children on a farm <sighs> in Kentucky, too. So. the wrong week to quit drinking. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite quote in this whole episode, you said the skulls of several of the dead had been crushed like tissue paper from that flying nice? metal and wood. Bones were broken, limbs severed, but and ghastly it, wounds were inflicted on their bodies. Doesn't it conjure up an image, though? Oh, yeah, it paints a picture. Yeah. yeah. It paints so. a picture. I'd, uh, I'd like to see a skull crushed like t- tissue paper. It's Terminator 2, just... Oh, yeah. The opening scene. Hmm. Uh, Anyway, people grow angry, and they wanted to shoot the woman in black. So it's just nice to know that America hasn't changed that much since back then. (laughs) Well, we had an entire episode of people just kept shooting people. So um, just anytime something went wrong, and he had a shotgun. Of course he did. Absolutely. So Basically, a bunch more people die. Women in black's never seen again after that. Did she just get tired of it? She's like, I'm done warning people. Like she just Nobody saw her anymore after uh, February 1929. She's like, I've done my job. I saved no one. I saved no one. I've done my job. Well, that's true. She didn't save anybody. So maybe that wasn't really your job. Maybe. Maybe we just thought it was. What's the difference between, okay, like the, like, mythos of like a woman in black and a resurrection Mary? Is it just the clothes? Well, Resurrection Mary just wants a ride. Okay. So uh, the woman in black isn't trying to hitch a ride. So she's not a vanishing hitchhiker. She's just walking on the road. She's a vanishing... She just wants people to see her. That's oh, it. Oh, she just wants so, to be seen. Yeah, just, that's just so people see her, not so that they pick her up. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I well, guess. I mean, I mentioned a couple of other things, and in that One Dark Night book, I did a whole bunch of those. Uh, I went into really depth about the Pennsylvania woman. Mm-hmm, the gas, um, yeah, the and gas that one stuff. Was, that one was as bad as the old lady in black that just decided to use this one since we're in Alton. Yep. But the other one, it was like several coal mine disasters, like in a row, mm-hmm. and then like an entire town got wiped out by like cholera or something. Damn. Yeah, it was really bad. So, I mean, so there have been other ones. This is just our local one. Uh-huh. So, yeah, the old times sound terrible. Yeah, yeah, don't they? Uh, yeah, the good old times weren't always always good. that good. So. Um, well, that's all I have. She sounds hot. Um, does anybody have any questions? <laughs> does anybody have any questions? You, sir. Yeah. So, Lady Black, uh, are there any recent sightings? Are there been investigations? Are there any recent sightings? No, the last one I could find was 1929. I looked through everything and couldn't find anything. So. Uh, I mean, that that book was actually just me going through old newspapers. I mean, I spent months. And then so I went through all the old papers trying to find more sightings and couldn't find any more. I couldn't even find any, like, anecdotes after 1929. She lost everything in the stock market. Apparently, yeah. When the stock market crashed, that was the end for her, I guess. I don't know. So Uh, thank you for the question. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Um, 
Were there any other tragic there accidents were some. since the last um, few it's a, It was still a powder mill. So, I mean, they were still making ammunition and stuff. But there were no, like, massive explosions, though. Nothing that did the kind of damage that those early ones did. But, again, I think that has more to do with the fact that safety improved, and which is my theory on why she vanished, was that she wasn't needed anymore because they had improved the conditions there enough that people weren't dying you know, every couple of months. There were accidents and people were getting burned and just not everybody died. But you know, the big one, the 1923 one was, I mean, that, I mean, it killed like a dozen people yeah, sh- and that sh- was a big deal back then. I mean, it's still a big deal, but I mean, yeah, yeah. But it was the one that really made an impression on everyone, especially since uh, a year later to the day, there was another big explosion. So mm-hmm. they made a big deal out of that in the newspapers yeah. and stuff. So, so she forced like OSHA basically. Yeah, right. Yeah. We, we like to think of her as the founder of OSHA. Yeah. Right. So it's, uh, you know, tough. like how you're like, yeah, it was a big deal back then. It's like, wake me up well, when 20 I mean, it, people I know, die. It's, still would be but it's it wouldn't be it wasn't the same as it was in the 20s i guess Fair you enough. know so yes okay did she look like an apparition or did she look like a person no did, well they said that she just looked like a person like a woman in a morning dress and gown with the veil i mean there were a couple of stories about and you know those were more anecdotal about you know oh she disappeared or the the one guy who claimed that he saw her and could see her eyes shining through her veil which sounds like he been drinking or something to me but who knows uh but he was the only one that ever said anything quite like that that's kind of why i said true or not i don't know but you know as far as people would embellish the stories just like they do now you know oh i saw bigfoot well i saw bigfoot and he was wearing a baseball cap you said and your story's always got to be better than the next guy so i think that's probably what that was but He's a yankees fan yeah, yeah right so that was the third guy so you know it's anybody a, else yeah. Yeah. Did I not do that? No. Oh, um, sorry. Does anybody have any other questions? It doesn't have to be about this story. It can be about anything. Tips well, on how to. I mean, related to the podcast. So I, I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> you had your chance. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. So well, right on time. Yeah. So. Are we good? To, yeah. We're great. So okay. Well, guys, thank you for listening. Um, how many people already listen to the podcast? Okay, so what's wrong with the rest of you? That's amazing. Thanks a lot. Anyway, um, but you know, you know how to find it if you want to listen. Um, after this, you probably don't. But if I don't. you listened before, you could. So anyway, um, we are always going to plug. Check us out on Patreon because we do another. As you've already heard us say a million times, mm-hmm. we do another podcast in addition to this one. And you don't have to listen to Cody. It's just me. But Cody, on the other hand, is essential because he does all those sound effects. You guys would not believe the lists I give him. So, so dumb. Um, he will send me like things of like readouts of all the things that I send him and ask him to put in. And he hates me like for like three days. Well, probably more than three days every month. But, yeah. um, you know. So anyway, if you're interested, patreon.com slash American Awnings. And uh, I guess it's your turn. Awesome. Well, hey, I know I make jokes and everything all the time, and I just can't stop. I think it's a self-defense mechanism. But seriously, thank you so much (laughs) for coming out and donating to charity and doing something good and helping us out. And for listening to the show. It really means a lot to us. And uh, we really... I, we would have stopped a while ago. Like, well, it, I don't know. We, we probably do it anyway, we just but no one would it. listen. We, yeah, yeah, we wouldn't record it. We just got to hate to read this. Yeah. Well, yes, you know. exactly. I just, would just call him up and tell him stories. 
I just read him over the phone. I just go, hey, listen, I got a story for I you. I just put so, the phone next to me as I go yeah, to bed. And, and he go to sleep. Lulls yeah, me to sleep. Yeah. Uh, well, this episode of the American Hauntings <laughs> podcast was written by Troy Taylor, and it was, I guess, say, you could say produced and edited, kind. I just really well, fucked a bunch yeah, of it up. Yeah, really, you'll just put it up there the way that it is. Yeah, so, so really no editing involved in this one. <laughs> yes. but no. Wait, did I tell you I invited my mom today? Is she here? No, she said no. Oh, okay. <laughs> just... Well, your, you know, your grandma came that one year. But I invited her. Yeah, yeah. The first year that we did this and had to record by putting a phone next to the um, speaker because nothing would work. Probably yeah. going to sound better than this one. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. If you enjoyed the show... I just hope it Something's recorded. wrong with you, but uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Tell your friends, neighbors, random people on the street right out there. Just go to Broadway um, and follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast or your least favorite podcast. Who brought a child? <laughs> I am cursing. I want to hold that baby. Well, if they're okay. here, they've heard it before. That's so, true. You yeah. can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and anywhere else that you waste hours every day like this place. <laughs> uh, when you're supposed to be working or studying, we promise that we're yeah, much we're gonna more Yeah, we're going to put up a time-lapse photo of all the food on TikTok. Oh, okay. So, just so you know. I'm not going to watch it. I yes, don't you do, are. I don't do TikTok. You How are. is this yes, happening? I, he's well. TikTok. I'm anti-TikTok. I don't, not pro or anti. Just Everything's do it, chaos. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. We couldn't. Definitely wouldn't. I don't even want to do it. I'd do it without you. <laughs> so until next time, goodbye. So long. See you later. <laughs> thanks. All right. We are going to take a short break uh, for about 10 minutes, and then we will have our next speaker up in just a